beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, oh, no. oh, no. oh, honey, I'll get your hair. I'll get your hair. I'll hold it back. Oh, my God. The worst Christmas ever. Roxy. Roxy. You're kind of making it the worst Christmas Hang on a second. Roxy, how much how much eggnog did you have? No one wanted to drink it with me, so I had it by myself. You had an entire thing of eggnog to yourself? I like eggnog, okay? Well, clearly hey, your hey, body doesn't you like it guys, that. Don't criticize your life choices. Guys, I just found an empty bottle of Fireball. Oh, oh my God. God. That explains why it looks like peppermint. Oh, Oh, it's I'm weird. It's weird. Her vomit smells sorry. like peppermint and sadness. <laughs> oh, okay. This reminds me of that time the wheel got drunk. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, and yeah, and how it took three weeks to clean up the cave. Okay, okay. Okay. Why why are you sad? We're Stop all... talking about me. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, um uh, <laughs> let's play a game. Yeah. Um Games are good. Christmas Christmas confessions. Oh, yeah, hi. Christmas confessions. Hey, Brian. Brian, we're not twelve. <laughs> Okay, we'll play your game. Sean, let's start with you. Uh, do we really want me to do this first? Sean, go All right. first. All right. Brian, this is directed at you. Uh-oh. I'm the reason that you stopped believing in Santa Claus so early. <gasps> Damn, that what? is some more That's crap. Cold. It's really fucked up. That doesn't Sean. shock me, though. That letter was from you? <laughs> Yeah, I know. The calligraphy was pretty impressive. The Christmas prior, our parents had bought us that awesome calligraphy kit, and I, you know, okay. Oh, uh, Brian. Wow. I applied myself. Do you want to hug? <laughs> I know, oh, God. Brian. Now we have two oh, sound It's okay. This is why I don't do Christmas. Okay, Sarah. 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 Do Christmas. Let's okay. Oh, God. I got you, Brian. I know. He's, Brian, he's way broken. Santa Claus is dead, and you're just going to have to... F- Oh my, god. oh my god! Oh my god! That Relax. is really dark. Okay. Sarah, go. All right. Once I know. Once you know those Salvation Army guys that just ring the bell outside in front of the store. Well, oh god. one of them would not give me my lucky penny back, so I just worked on a candy cane for a bit till I got the pointy in, and I just. Did well, you? I spent that Christmas Eve in prison, so I, that was just a... a Salvation Army donation, man? I needed my lucky penny back. Oh, my what? God. Yeah, the worst oh. part was that I was sick, so... You know, <laughs> who are you? That explains it. That explains why, I mean, you use it now more as a euphemism, but you're always saying, Wait. I worked on the candy cane. Wait, <laughs> yes. Wait you killed Santa Claus? No, I killed Santa Claus. Okay, oh, my God. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Oh, God. I know. Oh, my God. I know. Okay, Brian, 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 okay, Brian. Guys, 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 guys. One Christmas, uh, many of you guys don't know, I uh, put a kid up for adoption. Whoa. What? That's... The, the details really don't make a whole lot of sense to me. And was wait. it yours to even put up for adoption? Oh, yeah. It was totally mine. <gasps> um, Whoa. Whoa. Why? Okay. <clears throat> okay, okay. Oh, uh, Eric, 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 the worst Eric, Christmas ever. No, no, no. I mean, come on. Eric's probably got a better story. Eric, you are all horrible people. I don't, I don't even hey. know who you all are anymore. Eric, come on. No, no, no. Come on. Deshaun's fine. He's got a family. He's okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have anything dark, disturbing, or that much vomit-inducing. I... Anything. Anything. Anything, oh. dude. It's oh, the holidays. No, you know I don't really do this time of year. The holiday um, time for secrets and manipulation. All right. Um, <laughs> It's okay, Roxy. Oh, it's okay. You'll you'll get a turn to manipulate somebody too. Okay, all right. I got one. I hope so. Okay. A Christmas Carol. What about it? Never read it. 
Never seen it. Nothing with Muppets. Nothing. What? No, what? No. Hold on. I don't know you. You were with us last year when we did an entire Christmas Carol. Sarah led a whole Christmas Carol episode last year. Yeah, I know. Oh my You were faking Sarah, it? You're I saying you don't know really us? Good. You are a monster. We don't know you. And uh, we are the terrible people. Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. At least Hitler knew about a Christmas Carol, dude. Yeah. Hitler knew a Christmas Carol. I'm being compared to a Nazi. Okay. All right. This is how most of my Christmases go. So how are we going to basically? Guys, okay. This. I got. I got this covered. I have this covered. I have. What? Something that I've prepared for just in these circumstances. Oh, Hang on a no. second. Wait, I had to make me talk. I had these scripts you... wire bound. Just <laughs> Wait, what? This out. Have... I these... I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How did you know that this was going to happen? You freaking nerd. You can never be too it, prepared, Dave. So It's look, really... It's one, there are is, highlights This in is it. the abridged wow. version of A Christmas Carol. The one that Charles Dickens himself would read in public. Whoa. And we're going to read it for Eric Whoa. tonight. All right? You, you now, knew guys, this look, was going to happen? <laughs> um, I didn't know it was going to happen. I just kind of have these things prepared for emergencies. But look, anyway, look, I have this really great idea for how we're going to do it. So if you guys will just give me a couple minutes of time, we'll be able to go through it's it. It's cool. I got this. Wait. Uh-huh. Uh, English manager of the house, y'all. Uh, Drop the mic. Uh, it's cool. No, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do the, I'll just start off the narration. Get, get the ball I, rolling. I, hey, gather around, everybody. Are ready? Wait, 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 oh, wait, Sarah's right. going to do story time. Sarah's doing it? Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Okay. All right. I'm mm. This is going to be sick. I've actually heard that this is actually Deshaun's favorite story. Oh. You know what? Listen up, Eric. You're about to hear some serious Christmas magic unfold. Okay. I can't wait. I'm I, sure it will be wonderful. It's I'm playing Scrooge. Awesome. Okay. I'm playing Scrooge. Fine. You can play Scrooge. Wait, you're playing people? Oh, God. I think we can all play people. What, what do you guys yeah. think? I, mean, I like we're it. a group of actors. We'll just figure it out as we go along. It's fine. <laughs> and I knew but that I'm when playing I got into this. Well, yeah, of course. I knew what I was getting into. Okay. Eric, Eric, you can join in too when the time is right. Okay? All right. Yeah. All right. Are we all ready? Yeah. Oh, oh. All right. Hold, 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 hold on. Hold wait, on. Wait, wait. It's folded. I'm just making sure it's... I'm just going right. to uh, turn the, I'm going to turn the Yule log on here. Brian, oh. Brian, Brian. If you're going to play Scrooge, I just want to help you with your motivation. And I just wanted to remind you again that Santa Claus is dead. Wow. Oh, God. I'm I trying know, to fight the urge to break down crying. I know. He's ready. There he goes. That, that's fine. That's good. That's good. This is a great I'm, place uh, to start. Let me turn the lights, uh, okay, and uh, you log in the background. Sound off. Hey, okay. got some mistletoe? Oh, we're I making see out you, now? Sarah. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready? A Christmas Carol Abridged by Charles Dickens. Chapter One, Marley's Ghost. <clears throat> Thank you. Marley was anyone, anyone, dead to begin with. Wait, Bob Marley? No. No. Oh, I wish. Not Jacob. Bob Marley. Oh, Marley. Yeah, yeah. Because that makes no sense. Yeah. Because he like he died a. I'm pretty sure he was also afterwards. Rasta, but not. <laughs> uh, sorry. Please continue. Okay. Please. Okay. Okay. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead, of course he did. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he were partners for I don't know how many years. Scrooge was his sole executor, his sole administrator, his sole assign, his sole residuary legatee, his sole friend, his soul mourner. His soul mate? So sad. Were they like... His soul brother. <laughs> Not that kind of soul, but I like where you're heading with it. Oh. Stick to the script, guys. Okay. Wow. No fun. Calm down. Scrooge. 
Brian, you're like two steps away from a doomsday prepper, except you have highlighted scripts. <laughs> Is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Yeah. Good form. I and he'd probably dig that. You're right. <laughs> Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name, however. There it yet stood years afterwards, above the warehouse door. Scrooge and Marley. The firm was known as Scrooge and Marley. Sometimes people new to the business called Scrooge Scrooge, and sometimes Marley. He answered to both names. It was all the same to him. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, was Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. External heat and cold had little influence on him. No warmth could warm, no cold could chill him. No wind that blew was bitterer than he. No falling snow was more intent upon its purpose. No pelting rain less open to entreaty. Foul weather didn't know whether to have him. The heaviest rain and snow and hail and sleet could boast of the advantage over him in only one respect. They often came down handsomely, and Scrooge never did. It's weird. Uh, when she was saying all that, I was also imagining Ann Coulter. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Wow, that's beautiful. Zing. <laughs> Nicely done, boys. <clears throat> Script. Sticking to it. Continue, Sarah. Great. Nobody ever stopped him on the street to say, with gladsome looks, My dear Scrooge, how are you? When will you come to see me? No beggars implored him to bestow a trifle. No children asked him what it was o'clock. No man or woman ever once in all his life inquired the way to such and such a place of Scrooge. Even the blind men's dogs appeared to know him, and when they saw him coming on, would tug their owners into doorways and up courts, and then would wag their tails as though they said, No eye at all is better than an evil eye, Dark Master. When did seeing eye dogs come into service? That seems really early. That's what you're focusing on? <laughs> Eric. What? Sarah, That's impressive. Sarah's I didn't even like, realize the trade went back that far. I didn't know dogs could talk. Wow. <laughs> this is a Disney movie. Yeah, right? This is more Muppet Carol than we realized. I didn't know Dickens was into B&D. <laughs> Eric, it was figurative. Figurative. Are you telling me that these are not seeing eye dogs? No. He's not making a reference to that? No. No, he's not. That's ridiculous, because that's exactly what he's describing, and I, I, I maybe, dispute that. Maybe, but go ahead, go maybe ahead. Maybe you should write his estate later. I think we need to re Do you want our history let's, books. Let's just, yeah. Can we continue, please? I'm impressed. That's all I'm saying. But what did Scrooge care? It was the very thing he liked, to edge his way along the crowded paths of life, warning all human sympathy to keep its distance, was what the knowing ones call nuts to Scrooge. Once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, upon a Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. It was a cold, bleak, biting, foggy weather, and the city clocks had only just gone three, but it was quite dark already. The door of Scrooge's counting house was open that he might keep his eye upon his clerk, who, in a dismal little cell beyond, a sort of tank, was copying letters. Scrooge had a very small fire, but the clerk's <clears throat> fire was so much... Was <laughs> okay. Sarah, yep. use your diction. I'll use your... Nope. No, I will not. Wow. Awkward. Right. <laughs> Nothing says Christmas like awkward sexual tension. Scrooge had a very small fire, <laughs> but the clerk's fire was so very much smaller that it looked like one coal. But he couldn't replenish it, for Scrooge kept the coal box in his own room. And so surely as the clerk came in with the shovel, the master predicted that it would be necessary for them to part. Wherefore, the clerk put on his white comforter and tried to warm himself the candle, in which effort, not being a man of a strong imagination, he failed. 
A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you! cried a cheerful voice. It was the voice of Scrooge's nephew, who came upon him so quickly that this was the first intimation Scrooge had of his approach. Bah! said Scrooge. Humbug! Christmas a humbug, Uncle? You don't mean that, I am sure. Wait, 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 wait. What the hell is a humbug? Humbug is a 19th century definition for something intended to delude or deceive. Or... It's a venereal disease I got this past week. No, Halloween. I'm pretty sure it's wow. that one. You I, only yeah. get them from Hummers, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was a long night, okay? Just let's just keep Don't going, you. shall we? Let's keep going. Oh, that's right. It's my part. Let's keep going. Does nobody humble. else want to vote for not doing this that Brian planned awkwardly and just, you know. Look, Sean. Sean, Sean just it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually you, having a really good time. Maybe we should just, you know. You killed Santa Claus. Let me have my Wait, moment. Now that I understand okay. he has a venereal disease, I kind of want to hear Can what he has to say. Can you please just... It itches. Continue. Brian, go ahead. Dave, <clears throat> could you please lead me in again? Christmas a humbug, Uncle. Oh, you don't mean that, I'm sure. I do. Out upon Merry Christmas. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer? A time for balancing your books and having every item in them through a round dozen months presented dead against you? If I had my will, every idiot who goes about with a Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. He should. Mm, that's not bad. Yeah, this is starting to pick up. I like this. Thank you. Uncle! Nephew, keep Christmas in your way and let me keep it in mine. Keep it? But, but you don't keep it! Let me leave it alone then. Much good may it do you, much good has it ever done you. There are many things from which I might have derived good, by which I am not profited. I dare say Christmas among the rest, but I am sure I have always thought of Christmas time when it has come around, apart from the veneration due to its sacred origins, if anything belonging to it, call be apart from that, as a good time. A kind, forgiving, charitable pleasant time, the only time I know of in the long calendar of the year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people below them as if they really were fellow travelers to the grave, and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good, and will do me good, and I say, God bless it! The clerk in the tank involuntarily applauded. Let me hear another sound from you, said Scrooge. And you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. You're quite a powerful speaker, sir. He added, turning to his nephew. I wonder you don't go into Parliament. Oh, don't be angry, Uncle. Come, dine with us tomorrow. Scrooge said that he would see him. Yes, indeed he did. He went the whole length of the expression and said that he would see him in that extremity first. But why? cried Scrooge's nephew. Why? Why did you get married? Because I fell in love. <laughs> because you fell in love, growled Scrooge, as if that were the only one thing in the world more ridiculous than a Merry Christmas. Good afternoon. Nay, Uncle, but you never came to see me before that happened. Why give it as a reason for not coming now? Good afternoon. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. I am sorry. With all my heart to find you so resolute, we have never had any quarrel to which I have been a party. 
But I have made the trial in homage to Christmas, and I'll keep my Christmas humor to the last. So a Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year. Good afternoon. What? I said good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He knocked her up, didn't he? What? All roads lead to pregnancy, usually. No, I mean, well, it does for me, usually. And he but... would know about <laughs> that, would he not? <laughs> it says, it says very clearly in here that, yeah, it says that the only reason that he married her was for love, and then they don't, they kind of walk around a little bit, you know. He does not have any children. No shotgun not wedding. Not anymore. But little, little Deshaun, dude, for all you know. Whoa! Dude. <laughs> dude. Excuse me. Eric? Have you been drinking? Because now you're like blending reality and fiction, and that's just guys. Guys, fireball, can we, can Eric. We, I'm just trying to understand what you are. Just me. listen. Can, can we can we keep Deshaun out of this, please? His nephew left the room without an angry word, notwithstanding. The clerk, in letting Scrooge's nephew out, had let two other people in. They were portly gentlemen, pleasant to behold, and now stood with their hats off in Scrooge's office. They had books and papers in their hands and bowed to him. Scrooge and Marley's, I believe, said one of the gentlemen, referring to his well, list. Hold, hold. What are you doing? Um, I'm having some fun with this-ish, because it's just, like, Roxy. boring. This is good. I, hey, I, hey, I, hey I, it playing, is... playing a dude? Yeah. Being a dude. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Wow, I really wow. saw RDJ right there. I, are you mad? Are you mad? I, I, I... Somebody mute his mic. I can't. We can... All right, Brian, will it make you happier if I, I tone it down? It's, it's, don't, it's no, fine. Just no, it's just fine. Sarah, mute his mic. Just okay, hey, hit it. Don't you turn my mic! Okay. <laughs> Brian. It'll be fine. Just let it go. Just, Sarah, uh, uh, keep going, and uh, Roxy, uh, add more. Great. Thank you. All right. Scrooge and Marley's, I believe, said one of the gentlemen, referring to his list. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley has been dead these seven years. He died seven years ago this very night. At this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge, <laughs> it is more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provision for the poor destitute, bro, Chaw. who suffer greatly at the present time. Many thousands are in want of common necessaries. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comfort, sir. Are there no prisons? Plenty of prisons! But under the impression that they are scarcely furnished a Christian cheer of mind or body to the unoffending multitude, a few of us are endeavoring to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. We choose this time because it is a time of all others when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. What shall I put you down for? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous, bruh? I wish to be left alone. Since you ask me what I wish, gentlemen, that is my answer. I don't make merry myself at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. I help to support the prisons and the workhouses. They cost enough, and those who are badly off must go there. Many can't go there, and many would rather die. If they would rather die, then they better do it and decrease the surplus population. At length, the hour of shutting up the counting house arrived. With an ill will, Scrooge, dismounting from his stool, tacitly admitted the fact to the expectant clerk in the tank, who instantly snuffed his candle out and put on his hat. You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. You feel like quite convenient, sir. Eric. <laughs> what? He is not Australian. He this is, is not Engli Australia? He is English. But they were talking about prisons. Can you please, out of the decency of Christmas... Let him do what he wants. Thank you. It is not convenient, and it is not fair. If I was to stop half a crown for it, you'd think yourself mightily ill-used, I'll be bound. Yes, sir. 
and yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. It's only once a year, sir. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier the next morning. Whoopee! <laughs> the clerk promised that he would, and Scrooge walked out with a growl. The office was closed in a twinkling, and the clerk, with the long ends of his white comforter dangling below his waist, for he boasted no greatcoat, went down a slide at the end of a lane of boys twenty times in honor of its being Christmas Eve, and then ran home as hard as he could pelt to play at Blind Man's Buff. Now that sounds Australian. Right? <laughs> right. It is summer during their Christmas. So there's yeah. something in the air today. There's something for <laughs> everyone. Dave, Dave yeah. copyright infringement. Come on now. Now we have to shoot you. Yeah. Dave's that's, out. That's Dave Sean little... will never know his dad. <laughs> he doesn't know. Oh! <laughs> sad. Let's just keep going. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went home to bed. He lived in chambers which had once belonged to his deceased partner. They were a gloomy suite of rooms in a lowering pile of building up yard. The building was old enough now and dreary enough for nobody lived in it but Scrooge, the other rooms being all let out as offices. Now it is a fact that there was nothing at all particular about the knocker on the door of this house except that it was very large. What knockers? Also that Scrooge had seen it night and morning during his whole residence in that place. What a fucking perv. Also that Scrooge had as little of what is called fancy about him as any man in the city of London. And yet Scrooge, having his key in the lock of the door, saw in the knocker, without its undergoing any intermediate process of change, not a knocker, but Marley's face. Ew, that just totally ruined this for me. Eric, put it back in your pants. <laughs> I'm kidding. His pants are on. But no, seriously, he has a bulge. Sarah, just go what? on. What? Just go continue. On. continue. Okay. Marley's face with the dismal light about it like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. Wait, what? Read that again. You read it wrong. What do you not believe about that? Like no. a... No. Eric? No, she read this it wrong. Is, Eric, she this says is a lobster. 19- it says lobster. There can be no, lobster. This is 19th in this century time. English literature. And you know what it is, Eric? It's full of prose and figurative language. Figurative language. Sarah. It was not angry or ferocious, but it looked at Scrooge as Marley used to look, with ghostly spectacles turned up upon its ghostly forehead. As Scrooge looked fixedly at this phenomenon, it was a knocker again. He said, Pooh. Pooh. And closed the door with a bang. <laughs> Brian said poo. He said poo poo. I'm sorry. The look on your face while you're saying it is just, I can't look at you. It looks like he that. was I'm pooing? Sorry. Like he was pooing. I'm nice. Sorry. I thought that was actually a good delivery of it. I thought it was Thank it was you, Sarah. Funny as hell. Thank you. You still said Now pass poo. the toilet paper. The sound resounded through the house like thunder. Every room above and every cask in the wine merchant cellars below appeared to have a separate peal of echoes of its own. Scrooge was not a man to be frightened by echoes. He fastened the door and walked across the hall and up the stairs, slowly too, trimming his candle as he went. Up Scrooge went, not carrying a button for its being very dark. Darkness is cheap, and Scrooge liked it. But before he shut his heavy door, he walked through his rooms to see that all was right. He had just enough recollection of the face to desire to do that. Sitting room, bedroom, lumber room, all as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, a small fire in the grate, spoon and basin ready, 
and the little saucepan of gruel upon the hob. Nobody under the bed. Nobody in the closet. <laughs> well done. And you've ruined Dickens. That's where it got ruined? Uh, yeah, sure. R. Okay. Kelly can be here too, you guys. And He's going to was... pee on all of us. And Michael. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Dickens' bones are Just rattling in his grave right now. Prince gets here and they'll rattling. be a party. Cool. So there was nobody in his dressing gown, which was hanging up in a suspicious attitude against the wall. Girl. Mm-hmm. Lumber That's racist. Lumber room as usual. Old fire guard, old shoes, two fish baskets, washing stand on three legs, and a poker. <laughs> he has a lumber room? Yeah. That's where he keeps all of his wood. And the bodies, too. Oh. Yeah. Quite satisfied, he closed his door and locked himself in, double locked himself in, which was not his custom. Thus secured against surprise, he took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap, and sat down before the very low fire to take his gruel. As he threw his head back in the chair, his glance happened to rest upon a bell, a disused bell that hung in the room and communicated for some purpose now forgotten with a chamber in the highest story of the building. It was with great astonishment and with strange inexplicable dread that, as he looked, he saw this bell begin to swing. Soon it rang out loudly and so did every bell in the house. This was succeeded by a clanking noise deep down below as if some person were dragging a heavy chain over the casks in the wine merchant cellar. Then he heard the noise much louder on the floors below, then coming up the stairs, then coming straight towards his door. It came through the heavy door and a specter passed into the room before his eyes. And upon its coming in, the dying flame leaped up as though it cried, I know him, Marley's ghost. The same face, the very same, Marley in his pigtail, usual waistcoat, tights, and boots. His body was transparent so that Scrooge, observing him and looking through his waistcoat, could see the two buttons on his coat behind. Scrooge had often heard it said that Marley had no bowels, but he had never believed it until now. Nor did he believe it even now, though he looked the phantom through and through and saw it standing before him, though he felt the chilling influence of its death, cold eyes, and noticed the very texture of the folded kerchief bound upon its head and chin, he was still incredulous. How oh, now? Said Scrooge, caustic and cold as ever. What do you want with me? Alan! <laughs> <laughs> Alan's here, you guys! Yay! Yay! Hi, guys. Alan! Hey, buddy! Fitting. I'm sorry, I, was, I wasn't going to be able to make it, but they canceled my performance of slam poetry versions of Perfect Strangers quotes at the local coffee shop. Wow. That's, that's terrible. You've had quite a Christmas, then. What a tragedy. Why would they do that to you? Your balcony it's is really fantastic. tough to dig deep because they had no rhythm on Meepos. <laughs> <laughs> and doing Balky's part, it's very strange. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Marley's voice, no doubt about it. Who are you? Asked me who I was. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. <laughs> I'm sorry, Al, we're not laughing at you. It's just... This is perfect. You say it wonderfully. Can you sit down? I can. Do it, then. 
Scrooge asked the question because he didn't know whether a ghost so transparent might find himself in a condition to take a chair, and felt that, in the event of its being impossible, it might involve the necessity of an embarrassing explanation. But the ghost sat down on the opposite side of the fireplace, as if he were quite used to it. You don't believe in me. I don't. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your own senses? I don't know. Why do you doubt your senses? Because little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheat. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. Yes, there's more of a gravy than a grave of you, whatever you are. Speaking of which, uh, has anybody had lamb gravy? I, I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so no. It's just a base. You don't have to be such a pussy. <laughs> Can we get back on track, please? Scrooge was not much in the habit of cracking jokes, nor did he feel it in... Well, neither is Brian. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Nor did he feel in his heart by any means waggish then. The truth is that he tried to be smart as a means of distracting his own attention and keeping down his horror. But how much greater was his horror when the phantom taking off the bandage around his head as if it were too warm to wear indoors, his lower jaw dropped down upon his breast. Mercy. Dreadful apparition, why do you trouble me? Why do you spirits walk the earth and why do they come to me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. I cannot tell you all I would. A very little more is permitted to me. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger anywhere. My spirit never walked beyond our counting house. Mark me. In life. My spirit never roved beyond the narrow limits of our money-changing hole. I'm sorry I have to say it. Money-changing hole. (laughs) (laughs) And weary journeys lie before me. Seven years dead. And traveling all that time? You travel fast. On the wings wings of the wind. wind. Which also happened to be the name of a mixtape I made for my professor my freshman year of college. Her name was Cynthia. She was 72. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Alan. Um, I'm, can we go back to, Brian, just, just roll with it. Just go with it. it. That's what I've been trying to do this whole, whole night. It's just, mm. it's really funny to see his face just get so flush. This is actually my favorite part. He might have got over a great quantity of ground in seven years. Oh, blind man, blind man. Not to know that ages of incessant labor by immortal creatures for this earth must pass into eternity before the good of which it is susceptible is all developed. Not to know that any Christian spirit working kindly... I Can I say Buddhist spirit just for this? <laughs> you know what? Go for it. We'll, I, we'll, okay. Yes. I, no. Yeah, go ahead. It is, it there, is, there could have been Buddhists in London at that time. You know what? You can and take that, liberties with the voices, but you will not change Dickens' hey, words. Hey, hey, I'm Brian, sorry. Brian, is, I draw. Brian. I draw the line there. Hey, Brian. Oh, mute his mic. Mute his mic. I, he hit me. Don't last you touch time. my mic. He hit me last time. Brian, you need to you need to calm your ish. Mommy and Daddy are fighting. You, you need to calm your ish. Shut you, up. You shut you up, and all? you let Alan talk. You're upsetting Roxy. 
<laughs> Brian. Entertaining Brian. Quite thoroughly, so. Brian Moriarty. This is pretty good. If you do not simmer down, I'm going to go inside you and force you to write a love letter to Ron Paul. <laughs> wow. I like that plan. That is and just look at him. Look at him. Shut up. Look at just, that. Yeah. Just do it quickly. Okay. Dear Ron Paul. No! No! Do, do, do the monologue. Quickly. I thought you meant the other thing. I'm a ghost. I'm all confused. (laughs) Stop laughing! Not to know that any Buddhist spirit, working kindly in its little sphere, whatever it may be, will find its mortal life too short for its vast means of usefulness. Not to know that no space of regret can make amends for one's life's opportunities misused. Yet I was like this man. I once was like this man. But you were always a good man of business, Jacob. Faltered Scrooge, who now began to apply this to himself. Business? (laughs) (laughs) Cried the ghost, wringing its hands again. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, benevolence were all of my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. <laughs> Scrooge was very much dismayed to hear the specter going on at this rate and began to quake exceedingly. Hear me! My time is nearly gone. I will, but don't be... don't be hard upon me. Don't be flowery, Jacob. Pray! <laughs> flowery. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate, a chance and hope of my procuring, Ebenezer. You were always a good friend to me, thank you. So you'll be haunted by three spirits? <clears throat> Is that the chance and hope you had mentioned, Jacob? I... I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow night, when the bell tolls a one. Is that you two's one? Expect or... the second or on Metallica's the night. Stop it! Stop it. It's Metallica's one. Oh, okay. That's a good song. Yeah, it's, just, it's really good. It's great. We have one page left in the section. Right, Can right, we right, 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 right. just do it? Expect the second on the next night at the same hour. The third upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Look to see me no more and look that for your own sake. You remember what has passed between us. I'm sorry that just passed between us. (laughs) It walked backward from him, and at every step it took, the window raised itself a little so that when the apparition reached it, it was wide open. Question. Yes. Mm -hmm. When he was walking backwards, was he just doing a a normal walk back? I assume the moonwalk. Moonwalking! Yeah. Yeah, to the window. I, yeah, of course. To, to the, the wall. wall. To, to the sweat drip, drip down, down his balls. balls. Yeah. Please. All oh, them bitches crawl. Ah, skeet, 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 skeet. Ah, skeet, skeet. I'm sorry. I was just channeling eighth grade. Ah, uh, Deshaun, he's that old now. Can we please? Can we just? Can oh we? my God! Scrooge closed Lucia, the window. Her best friend at school. <laughs> this all makes sense. <laughs> Scrooge closed the window and examined the door by which the ghost had entered. It was double-locked as he had locked it with his own hands, and the bolts were undisturbed. Scrooge tried to say, Humbug. But stopped at the first syllable. 
and being from the emotion he had undergone or the fatigues of the day or his glimpse of the invisible world or the dull conversation of the ghost or the lateness of the hour <laughs> much in need of repose he went straight to bed without undressing and fell asleep on the instant sounds like what I'm gonna do tonight okay so hold on can we just before we go on Eric gauging in well I, I've got a couple of things um the lobster thing is still really distracting me. Wow. Really? Just, why is there a lobster? I, I don't know. We, we already said What it was is he doing with do it? Do you have things wedding. against lobsters? No. Or? In fact, I like them, and that's why I'm disturbed at their placement in this story, and it doesn't make any sense to me. It's, uh, it's a very little... It's a very little known fact that the lobster was actually Charles Dickens' spirit animal. <laughs> he went into a, a, a depression. And when he was talking to a psychologist through a series of animal associations, it was indeed the lobster. Oh, Roxy, Roxy can you back that up? Is that true? I have no that, freaking clue. So I that. believe that. I believe that. In fact, Alan, thank you. Because that clears up one thing. The other thing is I agree with Scrooge. What? Completely what? and wholeheartedly. I think that he's suffering from some sort of hallucination caused by food poisoning. And what? if you think about it, the gruel that he was eating earlier in the story... Had been sitting out. Had been sitting out for ages. He never prepared that. Eric. He walked home to his gruel, began to eat it, and started suffering hallucinations just a short time Eric, after. I, but wait, wait, wait. This isn't CSI, I, no, dude. No, 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 no. This makes absolute sense. And, and you can interpret the ghost however you want, but I'm pretty sure that that's exactly what we're talking about. And then he literally just passes out. He lays on the bed and passes out. He doesn't even undress. He's sick. I think we need to get somebody to read the I, second I, half of I, this story. Yeah, Sarah, I, you didn't really, you didn't sell it to him. I what? I, Sorry, Sarah. I, what? Sarah did a great job. I am very sure. She did a great job, but you clearly didn't sell it to him. I am sorry. I can handle surfers doing British accents. I can handle... I don't even think we did a British accent. Shut! Okay. Sorry, I sorry, go on. can handle spittle, Alan doing Marley. I can even handle a CSI explanation for Marley's presence, but but what I will not tolerate, spirit animals. Uh, really, Alan? Uh, I just, I just, I, I had done I all had, this. Had uh, just about enough of this. Bye bye. No, no, Brian. Brian. Oh, God, there were so many chances for me to mention my dick, and Alan stopped me from I all just, of them. Oh, wow. I, what do you need, When I just, I heard that you had not heard Christmas Carol. Oh, God, here come the waterworks. Just try it out, I, baby. I, just, it's okay. I wanted it's to It's just do like something. Thanksgiving. I'm so sorry again. that you didn't have a childhood. Shut the fuck up, Dave! <laughs> I just, I... Oh, my God. I, okay. I just, okay. I, you know what? I can't, I, I, I... Oh, God. I can't... So much spittle. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. I can't. I think we broke. I can't Ryan. even. I just. I can't even. Wave the future. I, I can't Wave even. The future. I can't <laughs> even. You know what, Brian? Math is hard. I just even. can't always find. I can't even. I just. I can't. He can't even, but can he odd? Oh my God! Yeah. We really did break Brian. Okay, guys, let's maybe 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 we should Can go to the next. Can move along. <laughs> okay, okay, Brian, Can't Brian. Even. No. Okay, Sarah. That that was a. That was a okay. Good who's try. next? What? Uh, who else wants to take the mantle? Because clearly, I'll do it. Okay, I good. was gone that whole time. Alan was there. Not that's me. true. Sean needs his time to shine. Mm -hmm. Hi, Brian. I mean, Sean. Sorry. Can't even. Oh my God. I don't know. Brian. 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 Catatonic. Um, Brian, in the words of every thespian that I know, 
the show must go on, so stop acting like a little bitch. <laughs> All right, here it goes. Chapter two, the first of the three spirits. Wow. Oh my God! Oh, beautiful. You, you were the voice actor on Harry Potter: The Goblet Fire on CD. Can't yep, even. but didn't get paid. Oh, Bernie fucking Madoff. <laughs> oh, oh God! Well, here's hoping that Brian snaps out of it in time. Brian's suffering from little bitch syndrome. Okay. It affects like twenty percent of kids or something. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. When Scrooge awoke, it was so dark that looking out of bed, he could scarcely distinguish the transparent window from the opaque walls of his chamber, until suddenly, the church clock tolled a deep, dull, hollow, melancholy one. Lights flashed up in the room upon the instant, and the curtains of his bed were drawn aside by a strange figure. Like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man viewed through some supernatural medium which gave him the appearance of having receded from view and being diminished to a child's proportions. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle on it, and the tenderest bloom was on the skin. It held a branch of fresh green holly in its hand, and in singular contradiction of the wintry emblem, had its dress trimmed with summer flowers. But the strange thing about it was that from the crown of its head there sprung a bright, clear jet of light by which all this was visible and which was doubtless the occasion of its using in its duller moments a great extinguisher for a cap which it now held under its arm damn you you are better than me can't even oh is brian coming out of his canatonic state oh how is it there brian how's it going is it cold is it cold there inside my shadow is it? Is it? Is it a little chilly? Can we get you a sweater? Even can't even. A sweater with dead Yeah, you spirit cell whose coming was foretold to me. Whoa! Wow, that was weird. I am. Who and what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Wait, you're trying to tell me there is time travel. Yeah, that's the good part: ghosts and time travel. Duh. At no point. Before this, was there any mention of a TARDIS or temporal vortex oh or anything? Just, 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 just go. They're with establishing it right now. Yeah, they're yeah. establishing the, the whole thing right now. Come on. Did the ghost at least die in the past? Can we at least say that? Sure. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sure. All right. Then you know what? All right. I can buy it. Okay. Carry on. <clears throat> Long past? No. Your past. The things that you will see with me are shadows of the things that have been. They will have no consciousness of us. Scrooge then made bold to inquire what business brought him there. Your welfare. Rise and walk with me. It would have been in vain for Scrooge to plead that the weather and the hour were not adapted to pedestrian purposes. That bed was warm and the thermometer a long way below freezing. That he was clad but lightly in his slippers, dressing gown and nightcap and that he had a cold upon him at that time. The grasp, though gentle as a woman's hand, was not to be resisted. He rose, but finding that the spirit made toward the window, clasped its robe in supplication. Someone poke Brian, him. Brian. I am mortal and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand there, said the spirit, laying it upon his heart. And you shall be upheld in more than this. That means boner, right? Yeah, this is getting sexy. 
I can go sexier if you want. Yes, please. Oh, please. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. As the words were spoken, <laughs> they passed through the wall and stood in the busy thoroughfares of a city. Speaking of thoroughfares, there was this girl I knew. Her name was Saronda. And <laughs> she had cavernous thoroughfares, if you will, in several folds in her bodacious booty area. <laughs> but I digress. It was made plain enough by the dressing of the shops that there, too, it was Christmas time. Is it too much? Uh, okay, you might want to reel it back just a little. The ghost stopped at a certain warehouse door and asked Scrooge if he knew it. Know it? Was I apprenticed here? They went <laughs> in. Yeah! Yeah, they did! Real deep black. All up in there, if you know what I mean. At sight of an old gentleman in a Welsh wig, sitting behind such a high desk that it had been two inches taller, he must have knocked his head against the ceiling. Scrooge cried in great excitement. Why, it's old Fezziwig! Bless his heart, it's Fezziwig alive again! I'm not gonna lie, I think I've seen this porn. Old Fezziwig laid down his pen as he would lay down a beautiful blonde goddess. <laughs> he caressed, oh, I'm sorry. No, I think I can keep going. No, yes, you can. No, I no, I think we're real back. I can't even. Okay, all right. He rubbed his hands, adjusted his capacious waistcoat, laughed all over himself from his shoes to his organ of benevolence. Oh my god, Sean, you need to call it your organ of benevolence from here on out. <laughs> and called out in a comfortable, oily, rich, fat, jovial voice. Yo, hello, Ebenezer, dick! A living and moving picture of Scrooge's former self, a young man, came briskly in, accompanied by his fellow Prentice. Dick Wilkins, to be sure, said Scrooge to the ghost. My old fellow Prentice, bless me, yes, there he is. He was very much attached to me, was Dick. Oh, poor Dick, dear, dear. Yo, hello, my boys, said Fezziwig. No more work tonight, Christmas Eve, Dick. Christmas Eve, Ebenezer. Let's have the shutters up before a man can say Jack Robinson. Clear away, my lads, and let's have lots of room here. Clear away. There was nothing they wouldn't have cleared away or couldn't have cleared away with old Fezziwig looking on. It was done in a minute. Every movable was packed off as if it were dismissed from public life forevermore. The floor was swept and watered, the lamps were trimmed, fuel was heaped upon the fire, and the warehouse was as snug and warm and dry and bright a ballroom as you would desire to see upon a winter's night. In came a fiddler with a music book and went up to the lofty desk and made an orchestra of it and tuned like fifty stomach aches. In came Mrs. Fezziwig, one vast substantial smile. In came the three Miss Fezziwigs, beaming and lovable. In came the six young followers whose hearts they broke. In came all the young men and women employed in the business. In came the housemaid with her cousin the baker. In came the cook with her brother's particular friend the milkman. What makes him particular? Yeah, I was just about to ask that question. Does particular mean what? that he's like, you know, he touched? delivering <laughs> <laughs> Touched? Oh my no. god, oh my god. I was milk. thinking more particular. I'm gonna go with touched. Ah. The milkman. My mother delivering. had a particular milkman who has the same eyes as me. <laughs> this explains a lot. Yeah. The milkman was delivering cream. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> 
How dead were his eyes when he said that? (laughs) (laughs) I think we're actually getting to the root of the matter here, though, guys. Yeah, this is some Freudian stuff. I love it. Roxy, I hope you're taking notes on this. Mm. Is anybody else noticing how he's, like, dead? And then he just, like, pops back to life to do the purge? Yeah, it's a real thing. In came the cook with her brother's particular friend, the milkman. In they all came, one after another. Some shyly, some boldly, some gracefully, some awkwardly. Some pushing, some pulling, in they all came, anyhow and everyhow. Away they all went, twenty couple at once, hands half round and back again the other way, down the middle and up again, round and round in various stages of affectionate grouping. New top couples starting off again as soon as they got there, all top couples at last, and not a bottom one to help them. When this result was brought about, old Fezziwig, clapping his hands to stop the dance, cried out, Well done! And the fiddler plunged his hot face into a pot of porter, especially provided for that purpose. There were more dances, and there were forfeits, and more dances, and there was cake. And then there was a great piece of cold roast. I like cake. And there was a great piece of cold boiled. And there was mince pies and plenty of beer. But the great effect of the evening came after the roast and boiled, when the fiddler struck up Sir Roger de Coverley. Then old Fezziwig stood out to dance with Mrs. Fezziwig. Top couple, too, with a good stiff piece of work cut out for them, three or four and twenty pair of partners, people who were not to be trifled with, people who would dance and had no notion of walking. (laughs) Dancing means fucking. (laughs) (laughs) But if they had been twice as many, four times, old Fezziwig would have been a match for them, and so would Mrs. Fezziwig. As to her, she was worthy to be his partner in every sense of the term. A positive light appeared to issue from Fezziwig's calves. They shone in every part of the dance. You couldn't have predicted, at any given time, what would become of them next. And when old Fezziwig and Mrs. Fezziwig had gone all through the dance, advanced and retired, turn your partner, bow and curtsy, corkscrew, thread the needle, reverse cowgirl, doggy style, (laughs) and back again to your place. Fezziwig cut, cut so deftly that he appeared to wink with his legs. Which brings us back to Sharonda, who had a certain winking area in between her legs, which was delightful. (laughs) (laughs) When the clock struck eleven, this domestic ball broke up. Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig took their stations, one on either side of the door, and shaking hands with every person individually as he or she went out, wished him or her a Merry Christmas. When everybody had retired but the two apprentices, they did the same to them, and thus the cheerful voices died away, and the lads were left to their beds, which were under a counter in the back shop. Who, who puts their children <laughs> yeah, that's under up. a counter? I'm assuming there's a cupboard involved. There are at least, like, 15. I, but in Japan, oh, people so sleep that makes like that all the time. Yeah. You pay I, good I, money to sleep I, I'm like guessing that. these descriptions are probably not turning you on to the story. Am I, am I accurate in that? I fell asleep a long time ago. Oh, good God. Pick all me right. up from the middle of the script here. I'm going to... you got to do a better job of this. Miss Ghost. A small matter, said the ghost. To make these silly folks so full of gratitude, he has spent but a few pounds of your mortal money. Three or four, perhaps. Is that so much that he deserves this praise? It isn't that, said Scrooge, heated by the remark and speaking unconsciously like his former, not his latter self. It isn't that, spirit. He has the power to render us happy or unhappy, to to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. Say that his power lies in words and looks, in things so slight and significant that it is impossible to add or count them up. What then? 
the happiness he gives is quite as great as if it costs a fortune. He felt the spirit's glance and stopped. What is the matter? Nothing particular. Something, I think? No, no. I, I should like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk just now, that's all. My time grows short. Observed the spirit. Quick! This was not addressed to Scrooge or to anyone whom he could see, but it produced an immediate effect. For again he saw himself. He was older now, a man in the prime of life. He was not alone, but sat by the side of a fair young girl in a black dress, in whose eyes there were tears. It matters, little! <laughs> she said softly to Scrooge's <laughs> former self. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't read ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll try that. I'll try that again. Yeah. Tone it down. It matters little. She said softly to Scrooge's former self. To you, very little. Another idol has displaced me. And if it can comfort you in time to come, as I would have tried to do, I have no just cause to grieve. What idol has displaced you? A golden one. You fear the world too much. I have seen your nobler aspirations fall off one by one until the master passion gain engrosses you, have I not? What then? Even if I have grown so much wiser, what then? I am not changed towards you. Have I ever sought release from our engagement? In words, no, never. In what then? In a changed nature. In an altered spirit, in another atmosphere of life, another hope as its great end. If you were free today, tomorrow, yesterday, can I even believe that you would choose a dowerless girl? Or, or choosing her, do I not know your repentance and regret would surely follow? I, I do, and I release you, with a full heart for the love of him you once were. Spirit, remove me from this place. I told you these were shadows of the things that have been. That they are what they are. Do not blame me. Remove me, Scrooge exclaimed. I cannot bear it. Leave me. Take me back. Haunt me. Haunt me no longer. As he struggled with the spirit, he was conscious of being exhausted and overcome by an irresistible drowsiness, and further, of being in his own bedroom. He had barely time to reel to bed before he sank into a heavy sleep. Roxy makes the best Galadriel ever. That was really fun. I gotta say, even in Brian's vegetative state, he's doing. That was an amazing scene. Well done, you two. Not bad, Brian. Guys, I'm not feeling so good. All right. So, Eric, how are you enjoying it? Oh, God. Let's let the spirit leave. Completely honest with all. Smells like big red. What just came out of Brian's mouth? Yeah. I enjoyed that more than the second. Oh, oh, oh what the fuck? Wake up! We need to change up. Hear me out. How can you hear me? How? I can't Just even right how? now, Brian. I can't even. Oh, hear me you out. The script. How you you let him you, don't, let him let him talk. Okay, I'm putting the whole time travel thing aside for now. We will probably have to get back to that. Uh, apparently, he just he just wants to die is what I'm getting from this. He wants to commit suicide and he's looking for any reason to do it. So first the hallucination, which brings him to that point of insanity where he's willing to actually take the leap and kill himself, doesn't actually go out the window. just lets the spirit go out the window instead. So I was happy. Okay, he didn't die there. But now he's reliving these absolutely horrible moments on Christmas when he just got dumped by his girlfriend. What reason does this man have to live? He's looking for a reason to kill himself. That's what's going to happen by the end of this. He's going to kill himself, and this is somehow supposed to uh, cheer me up on Christmas. And this is this is you guys are messed up people. I mean, I knew from your confessions that you guys were messed up, but the fact that you hold a story about suicide in such high esteem 
proves that you guys are completely and totally off your rocker. And I don't know. Well, we fucking love Nirvana too, so it's like (laughs) (laughs) you are just. I think we're just maybe not delivering the point as best as we could. Okay, sorry, Sean, you're fired. Roxy, we need to to continue the story. You need to listen to the whole story before you pass judgment, okay? Yeah. All right. Well, okay, I'd like to make a suggestion since Roxy made such a good Gladriel, I mean, Ghost of Christmas Past. (laughs) um, Can we have her do maybe the next narration? Sean, do you want to do the next chapter? Okay. Fine, fine, cool. All right, I'm just saying that Ebenezer better kill himself and something happy happen afterwards because I'm getting a little just detached. Nothing happy happens after suicide, Eric. Or after 2 a.m. Yeah, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. No. That's true. It happens after I... 1 and then 2. Right. Okay, then maybe okay, 3. Brian? But that's when it gets really crazy, oh, so right. just hang, hang tight. All right. All right hold on. I, he's he's like turned he's... purple. Wow. Brian, put a cork in your dick and calm the fuck down. Oh, <laughs> Chapter yeah. 3. The Ghost 2 Electric Bugaloo. Awaking, Scrooge found himself in his bedroom. There was no doubt about that. But it in his own adjoining sitting room, into which he shuffled in his slippers, attracted by a great light there, had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were so hung with living green that it looked like a perfect grove. The leaves of holly, mistletoe, and ivy reflected back the light, as if many little mirrors had been scattered there, and such a mighty blaze went roaring up in the chimney, as that petrification of a hearth had never known in Scrooge's time, or Marley's, or for many and many a winter season gone. Heaped up on the floor, to form a kind of throne, were turkeys, geese, game, brawn, great joints of meat, suckling pigs, long wreaths of sausages, <laughs> mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, cherry-cheeked apples, juicy oranges, luscious pears, immense twelfth cakes, and great bowls of punch. In easy state upon this couch, there sat a giant glorious to see who bore a glowing torch in shape not unlike Plenty's horn, and who raised it high to shed its light on Scrooge as he came peeping round the door. Come in! Come in! Hold on a second. What was that? Um, Samuel Jackson. Yes! Yes, it is! Can you... Wait, 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 if he's Samuel L. Jackson, can you be like a stereotypical John Travolta? Be like, hey, yo, what's going on? Going to the Christmas presents? <laughs> a royale with oh, yes. Feel the calm. Uh, Sarah, I like brain. where Sarah's brain is. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Sean, Sean, <clears throat> say the line is Nick Cage. <gasps> come in, come in. <laughs> <laughs> and know me better, man. <laughs> Why does he sound? Kind of sounded. He sounds like a shaman. <laughs> okay, Sean, please just go, man. Do what you want, man. Come in, come in, and know me better, man. I am the ghost of Christmas present, and am also the leader of Shield. But that doesn't matter right now. Don't look upon don't. me. Did you really have to ad lib? Do you really have to? Come on, dude. Brian. <laughs> look, look, you want me to get out of this room right now? I'm going to stand up, walk out, and leave? Think Is that about, what you want? Think about the message that we're trying to send to Eric right now. Okay. Yes. Either, either, either he does Samuel L. Jackson, or I walk. <laughs> Big breaths. Can't. Samuel, oh continue. Oh my god, just... If you say it's can't okay. even one more time, I'm going to punch you in the dick. Look, I just need to breathe. 
and I, I will be fine. <laughs> and the tea is done, so we can go forward. Yes, please. Look upon me! You have never seen the lack of me before! Never. Have never walked forth with the younger members of my family? Meaning, for I am very young, my elder brother is born in these late years? Pursued the phantom. I'm afraid I have not. Uh, have you had many brothers, spirit? More than 1,800! A, a tremendous family to provide for. Spirit, conduct me where you will. I went forth last night on compulsion, and I learned a lesson which is working now. Tonight, if you have ought to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my robe! <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Rouge did as he was told and held it fast. The room and its contents all vanished instantly, and they stood in the city streets upon a snowy Christmas morning. Scrooge and the ghost passed on, invisible, straight to Scrooge's clerks, and on the threshold of the door the spirit smiled, and stopped to bless Bob Cratchit's dwelling with the sprinklings of his torch. Think of that. Bob had but 15 Bob a week himself. He pocketed on Saturdays but 15 copies of his Christian name, and yet the ghost of Christmas present blessed his four-roomed house. Then up rose Mrs. Cratchit, Cratchit's wife, dressed up but poorly in a twice-turned gown, brave in ribbons which are cheap and make a goodly show for sixpence, and she laid the cloth, assisted by Belinda Cratchit, second of her daughters, also brave in ribbons, while Master Peter Cratchit plunged a fork into the saucepan of potatoes and, getting the corners of his monstrous shirt collar into his mouth, rejoiced to find himself so gallantly attired and yearned to show his linen in the fashionable park and now to smaller Cratchits. Boy and girl came tearing in, screaming that outside the baker's they had smelt the goose and known it for their own. And basking in the luxurious thoughts of sage and onion, these young Cratchits danced about the table and exalted Master Peter Cratchit to the skies, while he, not proud, although his collars nearly choked him, blew the fire until the slow potatoes, bubbling up, knocked loudly at the saucepan, lid to be let out and peeled. All right, I'm here for my part. Oh, yes! All right! Up. Fuck is by yes. far the best chapter we've had yet. It's Stell. Yes. It, it, really? Yeah, well, did you know I was actually in the 1951 version of this? No, no kidding. No. Yeah, no, really, no. I have a long, yeah. sordid history with Dickens, <laughs> Christmas Carol, also other dick ends <laughs> me. But <laughs> I do want to go ahead and say, though, that this was a really fun experience. I was only an extra, very small pot. However, I did get it because I was friends with Alistair Sims, if you know what I mean. Man was really, really into nipple clips, and we had a great, great time together until he found me caught in a three-way with Burns and Alan. It was a little traumatic for him. We broke it off. However, we kept the Christmas spirit alive during that shoot. How fascinating. Um... I'm oh. so turned on. Can we move forward? Yes. <clears throat> hey, Estelle, can you put your cigarette out just for a little bit? Yeah. Fuck you. <sighs> I like it. Blow it in my face. <sighs> oh. I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, <laughs> many I, times, Sonny, many times. I agree with, uh, with Dave. My throat might close up if the smoke is there. Much longer. If Brian's throat closes up, what happens later is going to be much better. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, would you mind joining us in our narrative, please? Sure thing, honey. I'm all about this. <coughs> oh. 
What has ever got your precious father then? Said Mrs. Cratchit. And your brother, Tiny Tim. And Martha, one is late last Christmas day by half an hour. Is Martha, mother? Said a girl, appearing as she spoke. He is Martha, mother! Cried the two young Cratchits. Hurrah! There's such a goose, Martha. Thank you for making me a part of this. Why, bless your heart alive, my dear. How late you are! Said Mrs. Cratchit, kissing her a dozen times and taking off her shawl and bonnet for her. We had a deal of work to finish up last night, replied the girl. (laughs) And had to clear away this morning, Mother. Well, never mind so long as you are come, said Mrs. Cratchit. Can we say that just a little bit differently? Which part? Come? Oh, my God. Sit ye down before the fire, my dear, and have a warm. Lord bless ye. No, no! There's father coming! Cried the two young Cratchits, who were everywhere at once. Hide, Martha! Hide! So Martha hid herself, and in came little Bob, the father, with at least three feet of comforter, exclusive of the fringe, hanging down before him, and his threadbare clothes darned up and brushed to look seasonable, and Tiny Tim upon his shoulder. Alas, for Tiny Tim, he bore a little crutch, and had his limbs supported by an iron frame. Why, eh, where's old Martha? cried Bob Cratchit, looking round. Not coming. Not coming, said Bob, with a sudden declension in his high spirits, for he had been Tim's blood horse all the way from church, and he had come home rampant. Not coming to pay on Christmas Day? Martha didn't like to seem disappointed. If it were only in joke, so she came out prematurely from behind the closet door and ran into his arms while the two young Cratchits hustled Tiny Tim and bore him off to the wash house that he might hear the pudding singing in the copper. I, I, I'm i sorry, but I, I, I highly doubt that uh, Estelle was premature to anything. Oh, no, I certainly was point. not premature. However, I do know a few people who've had problems with that. It's a little sensitive, probably shouldn't talk about it because they were presidents. But... That's aside from the fact. Can, do, should I go with my line now? Yes, you okay. can continue. And how did little Tim behave? Asked Mrs. Cratchit when she had rallied Bob on his credulity. And Bob had hugged his daughter to his heart's content. As good as gailed, said Bob. And better. Somehow, he gets thoughtful, sitting by himself so much, and he thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me, coming home, that he hoped the people saw him in the church because he was a cripple. And it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day he made the lame beggar walk and a blind man say. Whoa, whoa, what <laughs> is Scottish happening? For a what? Bob's voice was tremulous when he told them this and trembled more when he said that Tiny Tim was growing strong and hearty. His active little crutch was heard upon the floor, and back came Tiny Tim before another word was spoken, escorted by his brother and sister to his stool beside the fire. And while Bob, turning up his cuffs, as if, poor fellow, they were capable of being made more shabby, compounded some hot mixture in a jug with gin and lemons, and stirred it round and round and put it on the hob to simmer, Master Peter and the two ubiquitous young Cratchits went to fetch the goose, with which they soon returned in high procession. Mrs. Cratchit made the gravy, hissing hot. Master Peter mashed the potatoes with incredible vigor. Miss Belinda sweetened up the applesauce. Yep. 
Martha dusted the hot plates. Ooh. Is that what they're calling it these days? Wow. Bob took Tiny Tim beside him in a tiny corner. That's Tim. Why did not? Wait, wait. I did not do that to my son. I ask you again. Let us take our heads out of the gutter and back into the story. And I'll yes. ask you again to put a cork in your dick. The two young Cratchits set chairs for everybody, this not calls. forgetting themselves, and mounting guard upon their posts, crammed spoons into their mouths, lest they should shriek for goose before the turn came to be helped. At last the dishes were set on, and grace was said. It was succeeded by a breathless pause, as Mrs. Cratchit, looking slowly all along the carving knife, prepared to plunge it into the breast. Ooh. But when she did... And when the long-expected gush of stuffing issued forth, one murmur of delight arose all around the board, and even Tiny Tim, excited by the two young Cratchits, beat on the table with the handle of his knife and feebly cried, Hurrah. What kind of Christmas story is this? We have to take a break. I have to deal with something purple and pulsating. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize talking about Christmas dinner would get you so aroused. That was Christmas dinner? You've read this story. I was Christmas dinner version. Mrs. Cratchit's filthy snatch hole? Because that's exactly what it sounded like to me. <laughs> wow! I'll thank you not to call it filthy. <laughs> I thank you to be realistic. <laughs> Let's continue. There never was such a goose. Bob said he didn't believe there ever was such a goose cooked. Its tenderness and flavor, size and cheapness were the themes of universal admiration. The bigger, the cheaper, the better. At last the dinner was all done, the cloth was cleared, the hearth was swept, and the fire was made up. The compound in the jug being tasted and considered perfect, apples and oranges were put upon the table and a shovel full of chestnuts on the fire. Then all the Cratchit family drew round the hearth in what Bob Cratchit called a circle. And at Bob Cratchit's elbow stood the family display of glass, two tumblers and a custard cup without a handle. These held the hot stuff from the jug. Heyo! However, as well as golden goblets would wow, have Wow, really mature, Roxy. <laughs> Thanks. And Bob served it out with beaming looks, while the chestnuts on the fire sputtered and crackled noisily. Then Bob proposed... And Merry Christmas to all of us, my dears. God bless us. Which all the family re-echoed. God bless us! God bless us, everyone, said Tiny Tim, the last of all. He sat very close to his father's side upon his little stool. Bob held his withered little hand in his, as if he loved the child and wished to keep him by his side, and dreaded that he might be taken from him. As if? As so he doesn't actually love the kid. Uh, with conditions, sure, why not? This guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah, Again, I mean... his child is not the C word, but handicapped. <laughs> Differently abled, Differently abled! You're a horrible person. <laughs> Scrooge raised his head speedily on hearing his own name. Mr. Scrooge, said Bob. I'll give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed, cried Mrs. Cratchit, reddening. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, said Bob. The children! Christmas Day! It should be Christmas Day, I am sure, said she. On which one drinks the health of such odious, stingy, hot, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do, poor fellow. My dear, was Bob's mild answer. Christmas, 
die. I'll drink his health for your sake and the days, said Mrs. Cratchit. Not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy fucking New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt. Wow. Wow. And you've ruined Dickens. (laughs) That ruined Dickens? It gets better. The children drank the toast after her, of, of course. Cause whoa, whoa, drink. whoa. Wasn't he cooking up gin? They giving the babies yeah. gin now? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's the Regency era, isn't it? I mean, they're all drinking yeah. at this time. It was cleaner than the water. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was the first of their proceedings, which had no hardiness in it. Tiny Tim drank it last of all, but he didn't care for two pence for it. That's a shame. I hate to waste a good gin martini on a... Differently abled child. <laughs> Jesus. I am, I am so sorry. She's from a different time. I can't. I, I, sorry, it's my great aunt. What do I do? What do you want me to do? Just, just Let's just move along. It's pretty horrible. Scrooge was the ogre of the family. The mention of his name cast a dark shadow on the party, which was not dispelled for a full five minutes. After it passed away, they were ten times merrier than before, from the mere relief of Scrooge the Baleful being done with. And by and by they had a song about a lost child traveling in the snow from Tiny Tim, who had a plaintive little voice and sang it very well indeed. There was nothing of high mark in this. They were not a handsome family. They were not well dressed. Their shoes were far from being waterproof. Their clothes were scanty. And Peter might have known, and very likely did, the inside of a pawnbroker's. But they were happy, grateful, and pleased with one another, and contented with the time. And when they faded and looked happier yet in the bright sprinklings of the spirit's torch at parting, Scrooge had his eye upon them, and especially on Tiny Tim, until the last. It was a great surprise to Scrooge, as this scene vanished, to hear a hearty laugh. It was a much greater surprise to Scrooge to recognize it as as his own nephew's, and to find himself in a bright, dry, gleaming room, with the spirit standing smiling by his side, and looking at that same nephew. It is a fair, even-handed, noble adjustment of things, that while there is an infection in disease and sorrow, there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. And Ebola. Ebola is very, very contagious. That too. Do we have to bring it down? No, it's not. Well, okay, it's not that contagious, actually, but it's it's scary. It affects like 20% of kids or something. (laughs) (laughs) When Scrooge's nephew laughed, Scrooge's niece by marriage laughed as heartily as he, and their assembled friends, being not a bit behindhand, laughed out lustily. He said that Christmas was a humbug as I live, cried Scrooge's nephew. He believed it too! (laughs) More shame from him, Fred! said Scrooge's niece indignantly. Oh. Well, wait a second. Where the hell did Miss Piggy come from? I don't know. That was really weird. It's about time. Erica's a long time turned on by Miss Piggy. <laughs> Bless those women. They never do anything by halves. They are always in earnest. That's, that's true. Sexist crap right there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty I, I will kill both of you. It gets better. She was very pretty, exceedingly pretty, with a dimpled, surprised-looking capital face, a ripe little mouth that seemed made out to be kissed, mm. as no doubt it was. Mm. All kinds of good I'm feeling a dots little about her chin that melted into one another when she laughed, and the dots sunny- on her chin that melted together. <laughs> 
Sorry. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Even I'm a little like, what the fuck? This is the daughter, right? This, this is the niece. This, this is, is the niece. Scrooge's niece-in-law. Oh, that's yeah. right. I'm sorry. We had another psychedelic flash forward into a different plane of reality. Sorry. Eric, I'm trying to keep up with you. Can't pay okay. attention? Come on. This, the amount of LSD in this story is a little distracting. I'm sorry. Nobody's taking LSD. Are you drunk? <laughs> wow. Are you drunk? I kind of wish I was. You don't want any of the eggnog that I was having earlier, dude. It's not good news. Okay, I kind of did. Your eggnog on accident. It was disgusting, by the way. Yeah. Next time you throw up away from my mouth. Oh my I God. have Good. eggnog suppositories in right now, and they are amazing. <laughs> Whoa. I That's... saw those at World Market. Yeah. <sighs> Nutmeg roasting inside my anus. <laughs> and the sunniest pair of eyes you ever saw in any little creature's head. Altogether, she was what you would have called provoking, but satisfactory, too. Oh, perfectly satisfactory. He's a comical old fellow, said Scrooge's nephew. <laughs> That's the truth, and not so pleasant as he might be. However, his offenses carry their own punishment, and I have nothing against him. Who suffers by his ill whims? Himself, always. Here he takes into his head to dislike us, and he won't come and dine with us. What's the consequence? He don't lose much of a dinner. Indeed! I think he loses a very good dinner! Interrupted Scrooge's niece. Everybody else said the same, and they must be allowed to have been competent judges, because they had just had dinner, and, with the dessert upon the table, were clustered around the fire by lamplight. Well, I'm very glad to hear it, said Scrooge's nephew, because I haven't had any great faith in these young housekeepers. Uh, what do you say, Topper? Topper clearly had his eye on one of Scrooge's niece's sisters, for he answered that a bachelor was a wretched outcast who had no right to express an opinion on the subject. Whereat Scrooge's niece's sister, the plump one with the lace tucker, not the one with the roses, blushed. After tea, they had some music, for they were a musical family and knew what they were about. When they sung a glee or catch, I can assure you, especially Topper, who could growl away in the bass like a good one, and never swell the large veins in his forehead, or get red in the face over it. But they Oh, didn't... swelling large veins! It's my favorite subject! Hey, Aunt Estelle, what do you want? Can you please just... I think you're running low on cigarettes. Do you want to go for a run to the store, and you can just be back in time for your next all round? Alright, I'll go, but I'm telling your mother about this. Uh, that's cool, that's cool. See ya, bye! Uh, bye, man! Can we, like, put so some melatonin sorry. in her drink or something? Dave, I'm sit down. So sorry. You are not following her. I'm sit down. Guys. She's gorgeous. You gotta stop watching Golden Girls, man. <laughs> Fuck you. Golden Girls is a classic. <laughs> well, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> but they didn't devote the whole evening to music. I, I can't even. <laughs> After a while, they played at forfeits, for it is good to be the children sometimes, and never better than at Christmas, when its mighty founder was a child himself. There was first a game at Blind Man's Bluff, though. And I no more believe Topper was really blinded than I believe he had eyes in his boots. Because the way in which he went after that plump sister in the lace tucker was an outrage on the credulity of human nature. Here's a new game, said Scrooge. One half hour, spirit. Only one. It was a game called Yes and No, where Scrooge's nephew had to think of something, and the rest must find out what. He only answering to their questions yes or no, as the case was. The fire of questioning to which he was exposed elicited from him that he was thinking of an animal, a live animal, rather a disagreeable animal, a savage animal, an animal that growled and grunted sometimes, and talked sometimes, and lived in London, and walked about the streets, and wasn't made a show of, and wasn't led by anybody, and didn't live in a menagerie. 
and was never killed in a market, and was not a horse, or an ass, or a cow, or a bull, or a tiger, or a dog, or a pig, or a cat, or a bear. These people suck at guessing. At every new question put to him, this nephew burst into a fresh roar of laughter. <laughs> and was so inexpressibly tickled that he was obliged to get up off the sofa and stamp. I know what it is, Fred! I know what it is! Oh, and what is it? cried Fred. It's your uncle, Scrooge! Which it certainly was. Admiration was the sentiment, though some objected that the reply to, is it a bear, ought to have been, yes. Oh, I get it. That was That's clever. <laughs> that's very clever. It's kind of rude. Oh, actually. that 19th century humor. I get it! Uncle Scrooge is a bear, Tiny Tim is a cub, and then so, when they go to a club later... No. Oh, no, not Just that kind no. of club. Not Let's that kind of bear. Let's move on. Nope. Uncle Scrooge had imperceptibly become so gay and light of heart that he... See? God, no! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> the best is that Roxy... Right as she said the word. Uh, tried to reel it in, but I couldn't. You sprinkle a little techno and molly on this situation? Ripple <laughs> <laughs> fuck! It's such a horrible, horrible thing that, to think. No. No. Akbar! Akbar! Even! That he would have drank the unconscious company in an inaudible speech. But the whole scene passed off in the breath of the last word spoken by his nephew, and he and the spirit were again upon their travels. Much they saw, and far they went, and many homes they visited, but always with a happy end. The spirit stood beside sick beds, and they were cheerful. On foreign lands, and they were close at home. By struggling men, and they were patient in their greater hope. By poverty, and it was rich. In almshouse, hospital, and jail, in misery's every refuge, where vain man in his little brief authority had not made fast the door, and barred the spirit out, he left his blessing and taught Scrooge's precepts. Suddenly, as they stood together in an open place, the bell struck twelve. Scrooge looked about him for the ghost, and saw it no more. As the last stroke ceased to vibrate, he remembered the prediction of old Jacob Marley. You're and lifting up his eyes, beheld the solemn phantom, draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground towards him. If he's coming like a right now. Well, Eric, how do you feel, man? We're, we're three quarters of the way yeah, through. Yeah, did I did, did I give you some of the Christmas spirit, Eric? I'll, I will give you this. It started really strong. Thank you. We had Samuel L. Jackson. I like that. We had Estelle. Estelle was amazing. Oh. I'm really sad that she's gone. I'm a little disturbed about Dave's comments, but I mean, who in the room isn't? (laughs) Um, What started to hang me up, though, was this, they made the, okay, so there's a sentence here, and it it bears reviewing, okay? After a while, they played at forfeits, for it is good to be children sometimes, and never better than at Christmas, when its mighty founder was a child himself. Now, all right, if we're talking about Christ, right? Okay, so he's born actually in the spring. He was probably like nine months old when it was Christmas time, but Christmas would have sucked back then because there was no Christmas. It didn't come about until after, you know, Eric, he had Eric, died. Eric, you, you lost me when you opened your mouth. I'm sorry. I literally <laughs> don't see what the point of what you're trying to complain about is. We I, clearly laid out a narrative for you that depicts a family having a wonderful Christmas feast. And it was great until they started making really confusing and contradictory comments. And it then was, my mind just got stuck on that and couldn't go. Oh, uh-oh. fuck it. I give up on this whole narrating thing because I am mm. too f- fucking uh, like 
hungover for this shit. That's I really tried crazy. my hardest, but I'm done. Eric, I'm do you done. have any Advil? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I need Advil for this fucking party because I just, I, I can't You need some it. Advil and some coconut water. Oh, God, no, no Roxy can't even. I are can't we all, even anymore. Are we all that bad at math? It's no, contagious. I'm, I'm still evening. I'm I'm fairly even. Real fucking sensitive, guys. And Real fucking sensitive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not. I, you know what, Dave? Let's just finish the goddamn story, if you're okay? you're so sorry, why now do you this narrate like this shit? Yeah. You want me to narrate Yeah, I want you to narrate You this. want me to... Okay, Narrate Dave. the fuck out of it, Dave. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, if I'm going to narrate, you have to call me by the name that nobody wants to call Sean, me. We're not Sean, calling Sean, you Papa D. Do not put another <laughs> eggnog <laughs> suppository up your ass. Take it out now. Sean... Sean, I can't take it ass too far up, man. Sean, who's who's about to narrate? Oh, that's Papa D. Papa D's about to buttfuck this monkey. You know what I mean? Wow. Are we all ready? Eric, are you ready? Don't mess this up, Dave. Chapter 4, The Last of the Spirits. I think I just drank the last of the spirits <laughs> in my butthole. Oh, boy. The phantom slowly, gravely, silently approached. When it came near him, Scrooge bent down upon his knee, for in the air through which this spirit moved, it seemed to scatter gloom and mystery. It was shrouded in a deep, black garment, which concealed its head, its face, its form, and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand. He knew no more, for the spirit neither spoke nor moved. Am I in this presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? <laughs> Sorry, uh, that's immature. I'm very sorry. You're the narrator of this, man. Let me do that. I will it. do that again. Okay. Am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? Ghost of the future? I fear you more than any specter I have seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear you company and do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? It gave him no reply. The hand was pointed straight before them. Lead on, lead on, the night is waning fast, and it is precious time to me, I know. Lead on, spirit. They scarcely seemed to enter the city, for the city rather seemed to spring up about them. But there they were, in the heart of it, on change amongst the merchants. The spirit stopped beside one little knot of businessmen, observing that the hand was pointed to them. Scrooge advanced to listen to their talk. No, said the great fat man with the monstrous chin. I don't know much about it either way. Only know he's dead. When the fuck did he die? Inquired another. I, uh, uh, last night, I believe. Why, what was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. Good news. Can I just say that um, I don't think Sean's actually reading from the script. I think he's just improvising. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what script? I, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of come on quickly, this um, abbreviation of mine. Wow. And I apologize to everybody. I'm sorry about the bustle in my hustle. I'm going to do it with, like, no arms and no legs in a bush named Russell. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful, Sean. Uh, Sean, I think, I think it's your, your line, Sean. Oh. He looked about in that very... Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wrong, wrong, wrong page, Sean. No, no, higher, higher. What has he done with his money? Ask. Where? Why? Where is it? Ask the... Did he give it to the wolf? Because there's a wolf 
He's on Wall Street, and he looks a lot like the dude from Titanic. And he's with the the guy from the spaceship bookcase movie. And, uh, <laughs> 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 oh my God, he's doing it. <laughs> Holy Don't shit. Don't hurt yourself, buddy. Oh what God. has he done asked with a, his money? Asked a red-faced gentleman and a man from the South. I haven't heard, said the man with the large chin. Company, perhaps? Has it left it to me? That's all I know. Scrooge was at first inclined to be surprised that the spirit should attach importance to conversation apparently so trivial. But feeling assured that it must have some hidden purpose, he set himself to consider what it was likely to be. It could scarcely be supposed to have any bearing on the death of Jacob, his old partner, for that was past, and this ghost's province was the future. He looked about in that very place for his own image, but another man stood in his accustomed corner, and though the clock pointed to his usual time of day for being there, he saw no likeness of himself among the multitudes that poured in through the porch. It gave him little surprise, however, for he had been revolving in his mind a change of life, and thought and hoped he saw his newborn resolutions carried out in this. They left the busy scene and went in an obscure part of town to a low shop where iron, old rags, bottles, bones, and greasy offal were brought. A gray-haired rascal of great age sat smoking his pipe. Scrooge and the Phantom came into the presence of this man, just as a woman with a heavy bundle slunk into the shop. But she had scarcely entered when another woman came in too, and she was closely followed by a man in faded black. After a short period of blank astonishment in which the old man with the pipe had joined them, they all three burst into a laugh. Let the charwoman alone to be the first, cried she who had entered first. The laundress alone to be the second, and let the undertaker's man alone to be the third. Look here, old Joe, here's a chance if we haven't all three met here without meaning it. You couldn't have met in a better place. You were made free of it long ago, you know, and the other two ain't strangers. What have you got to sell? What have you got to sell? Have a minute's patience, Joe, and you shall see. What odds then? What odds, Mrs. Dilber? said the woman. Every person has a right to take care of themselves. He's always dead. Who's the worst for the loss of a few things like these? Not a dead man, I suppose. Mrs. Dilber, whose manner was remarkably of general propitiation, said, No, indeed, ma'am. If he wanted to keep him after he was dead, a wicked old screw, why wasn't he natural in his lifetime? If he had been, he'd have had somebody to look after him when he was struck with death. Instead of lying, gasping, is last there alone by himself. Tis, I heard that. Tis the truest word that ever was spoke. It's a judgment on him. I wish it was a little heavier judgment, and it should have been. You may depend on it. If I could have laid my hands on him, anything else, upon that bundle, old Joe, let me know the value of it. Speak out plain. I'm not afraid at first, or afraid for them to see it. Joe went down on his knees for the greater convenience of opening the bundle and dragged out a large and heavy roll of some dark stuff. Wow. That's... Black tar heroin. Mm-hmm. Totally. I've seen that on Cops. This shit just I've seen real. it in my pocket. 
Guys, we are almost there. Sean Can we just really stop with the tangents and move you know on? What? You know what? I want to hear <laughs> the rest. Sean. Shut up! Sean. Eric just said something. What did you just say? I want to hear the rest. Can we just <gasps> focus? Just... Whoa. 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 Keep going, keep going, keep going. Who's that? Drunk guy, say something. What do you call this? Bed curtains? Ah! Bed curtains! Don't drop that oil upon the blankets now. Yes, blankets? Who else do you think? Is it likely to take cold without them? I dare say. Ah, you may look through that shirt till your eyes ache, but you won't find a hole in it, nor a threadbare place. It's the best he had, and a fine one too. They'd have wasted it by dressing him up in it, and if it hadn't been for me... Scrooge listened to this dialogue in horror. Spirit. Yes, I see. I see. The case of this unhappy man might be my own. My life tends that way now. Merciful heaven, what is this? The scene had changed, and now he almost touched a bare, uncertain bed. A pale light, rising in the outer air, fell straight upon this bed, and on it, unwatched, unwept, uncared for, was the body of this plundered, unknown man. Spirit, let me see some tenderness connected with the death, or this dark chamber spirit, or this dark chamber spirit would be forever present to me. The ghost conducted him to the poor Bob Cratchit's house, the dwelling he had visited before, and found the mother and the children seated around the fire. Quiet, very quiet. The noisy little Cratchits were as still as statues in one corner, and sat looking up at Peter, who had a book before him. The mother and her daughters were engaged in needlework, but surely they were very quiet. And he took a child, and he set him in the midst of them. Where had Scrooge heard those words? He had not dreamed them. The boy must have read them out. And as he and the spirit crossed the threshold, why did he not go on? I'm back from getting my cigarettes. Is it time for my pot again? Yes. Oh, thank Jesus. Somebody's gotta give a decent tug job after this. Alright, alright. This is getting really, really good now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. She's sorry. back. Let's okay, do okay, this. Okay, 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 okay. The mother laid her work upon the table and put her hand up to her face. The color hurts my eyes. She said. The color. Ah, poor Tiny Tim. They're better now again. It makes them weak by candlelight. And I wouldn't show weak eyes to your father when he comes home for the world. It must be near his time. Pass it, rather, Peter answered, shutting up his book. But I think he has walked a little slower than he used to these few last evenings, Mother. I have known him walk with Tiny Tim upon his shoulder very fast indeed. And so have I, cried Peter. Often. And so have I, exclaimed another. So had all. But he was very light to carry, and his father loved him so that it was no trouble, no trouble. And there's your father at the door. Wait, 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 wait. What the hell do they mean by was? Eric, strap in, dude. They, they mean... It's mean coming was. up, Eric. She, it's, it's coming up. She hurried out to meet him, and little Bob and his comforter, he had need for it, poor fellow, came in. His tea was ready for him, on the hob, and they all tried who should help him to it most. Then the two young Cratchits got upon their knees and laid each child a little cheek against his face, as if they said, Don't mind it, Father. Don't be grieved. Oh, God. I'm just thinking of his, his poor, trembling, 
Australian, mm. South African, Scottish accent. <laughs> it's okay. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. Oh. Eric, stop crying. You're making me cry. It's crying. You're crying. I'm crying. <laughs> I know. I've got to cry. Too. Okay, okay. It's okay. It's okay, guys. Shh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's just make it through. Bob was very cheerful with them and spoke pleasantly to all the family. He looked at the work upon the table and praised the industry and speed of Mrs. Cratchit and the girls. They would be done long before Sunday, he said. Sunday? You went today then, Robert? Yes, my dear, returned Bob. I wish I could have gone. It would have done you good to see how grain a place it is, but you'd say it often. I promised him that I would walk there on Sunday. My little... My little child. My little child. He broke down all at once. He couldn't help it. He and his child would have been farther apart, perhaps, than they were. Spectre, said Scrooge. Something informs me that our parting moment is at hand. I know it, but I know not how. Tell me what that man was with the covered face whom we saw lying dead. The ghost of Christmas yet to come conveyed him to a dismal, wretched churchyard. The spirit stood among the graves and pointed down to one. Before I draw nearer to that stone to which you point, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of the things that will be, or are they the shadows of the things that may be only? Still, the ghost pointed downward to the grave by which it stood. Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which, if persevered in, they must lead. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will change. Say it is thus, with what you showed me. The spirit was immovable as ever. Scrooge crept towards it, trembling as he went, and following the finger, read upon the stone of the neglected grave his own name. Ebenezer Scrooge. Am I the man that lie upon the bed? No, spirit. No. No, no, spirit. Spirit, hear me. I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I must have but for this intercourse. Why, show me this if I am brought to pass all hope. Assure me that I may yet change these shadows you have shown me by an altered life. For the first time, the kind hand faltered. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons they teach. Oh, tell me I may sponge away the writing on the stone. Holding up his hands in one last prayer to have his fate reversed, he saw an alteration in the phantom's hood and dress. It shrunk, collapsed and dwindled down into a bedpost. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own to make amends in. He was checked in his transports by the churches ringing out the lustiest peals he had ever heard. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, no mist, no night, clear, Bright, stirring, golden day. What's today? cried Scrooge, calling downward to a boy in Sunday clothes who perhaps had loitered in to look about him. Eh? What's today, my fine fellow? Today? Why, it's Christmas Day! It's Christmas Day! 
I haven't missed it! Hello, my fine fellow! Do you know the poulterers in the next street but one at the corner? I should hope I did! An intelligent boy, a remarkable boy! Do you know whether they've sold the prized turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prized turkey, the, the big one! What? The one as big as me? What a delightful boy! It's a pleasure to talk to him! Yes, my buck! It's hanging there now! Is it? Uh, uh, go and buy it! Walk? No, no, I am in earnest. Go and buy it and tell him to bring it here, that I may give them the direction where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. The boy was off of a shot. Bye! I sent it to Bob Cratchits. He shan't know who sent it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Joe Miller never made such a joke as sending it to Bob's would be. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one, but write it he did somehow and went downstairs to open the street door, ready for the coming of the poultry's man. It was a turkey. He never could had stood upon his legs, that bird. He would have snapped him off short in a minute, like sticks of sealing wax. Scrooge dressed himself, all in his best, and at last got out into the streets. The people were by this time pouring forth, as he had seen them with the ghost of Christmas present, and walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded everyone with a delighted smile. He looked so irresistibly pleasant. In a word, that three or four good-humored fellows said, Good morning, sir. A Merry Christmas to you. And Scrooge said often afterwards that of all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, these were the blithiest in his ears. Blithest. I'm sorry. Whatever blithe is, I don't care. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, okay, okay. In the afternoon, he turned his step towards his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock, but he made a dash and did it. Is your master at home, my dear? said Scrooge to the girl. Yes, sir. Where is he, my love? He's in the dining room, sir, with his mistress. He knows me, said Scrooge, with his hands already on the dining room lock. I'll go in here, my dear. Fred! Oh, I bless my soul, cried Fred. Who's that? It is I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? Let him in! It is a mercy he didn't shake his arm off. He was at home in five minutes. Nothing could be heartier. His niece looked just the same. So did the plump sister when she came. So did everyone when they came. Wonderful party. Wonderful games. Wonderful unanimity. Wonderful happiness. But he was earlier at the office next morning. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. That was the thing he had to set his heart upon. Good life goals. And he did it. The clock struck nine. No Bob. A quarter past. No Bob. Bob was full 18 minutes and a half behind his time. Scrooge sat there with his door wide open that he might see him come into the tank. Bob's hat was off before he opened the door. His comforter, too. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello, growled Scrooge, as near as he could feign it. And what do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. Oh, I'm behind my time. Yes, I think you are. It's Step this way, if you please. It's only once a year, sir. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. I'll tell you what, my friend. I am not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore... 
Scrooge continued, leaping from his stool and giving Bob such a dig in the waistcoat that he staggered back into the tank again. And therefore, I am about to raise your salary. Bob trembled and got a little nearer to the ruler. A merry Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I have given you for many a year. I raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family, and we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop, Bob. Make up the fires and buy a second coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die. Feel better, Eric? Much better. There we go. He was a second father. Aww. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew, or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but his own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits. (laughs) Sorry, Alan. He had no further intercourse with the spirits, but lived in that respect upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us, and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone! Eric, are you okay, Eric? dude? Eric, are you, are you crying? You guys! Are you okay? I, I are, think we... You did okay? You, did you have some of Brian's stuffing? No, thank God. I um, think we impregnated Eric with the spirit of Christmas. Usually it's me. It's he nice does... for someone else in his family to be impregnated. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! This was really good. In the end, it was really good. I liked it. I think the the whole, you know, Shatner, Twilight thing, whatever you're doing, kind of eased me back into it, which was good. You know, you appealed to my sci-fi. I know how to appeal to my audience. William Shatner knows how to save Christmas. I'm I'm, I'm very satisfied that my whole theory about... does this mean the lobster drama is over? I could deal with the lobster. Is I, I, lobster I, gate over? Yeah, it's fine. Lobster gate. I have to say I'm actually quite satisfied that my whole theory about food poisoning actually, I think, is probably correct. But I get the point of what the story Fair enough. Is I think that's, trying a, that's the most we could ask for. To yeah, say, that's in some ways, I'm kind of like Scrooge. <gasps> have we, have we reinstilled? <sighs> and guys, I need to make an apology. <gasps> Finally. I came into this trying so hard to make this... Charles Dickens's Christmas Carol. Oh, you did come into this so hard. Yes, you did. <laughs> but I think, you know, when all is said and done, it became our Christmas Carol. Aww. You know, fuck you guys. I was <laughs> a, a real sentimental Brian, moment. Shut the fuck up. I just we love I, you too. I, yes, it's it's a great moment. Now let's all bust out with our circle jerk. Yeah. Hey, I'm no. pretty sure. Hold on. Pretty sure. Before we start circle jerking. Yeah. I'll work on the dough for all of you. I don't know this number. Hold on. Hello. Yes, this is Dave. Oh. Hey, Deshaun. <gasps> it's a Christmas miracle. Shh. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to hear from you. Too, buddy. That's 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 real great. Hey, man. Look, uh, I'm gonna be real honest. This is not a good time. So I will call you later. Bye. <gasps> what the hell, Dave? 
fucking kids, right, Eric? Yeah. How the fuck do you get your number? They have like laws and shit against kids. Wow. Not an open adoptions. Wait, way to go, bro. You go about this whole story about trying to be a better person, and you fucking hang up on your child. I will call him back. Wow. And and Roxy, how are you feeling? (gasps) Fucking great. Awesome. I mean, better than I was at the beginning of this that shit seems show. Great, that seems great. And I learned that people should not take my fucking lucky penny. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I think we all learned that. Really, and yeah. might be the most important lesson of the night. To be Stay honest. away from Sarah's lucky penny. Can somebody just poke at Anastelle? She hasn't moved in a minute. Oh, uh, I think I Dave ex- should probably poke at her. No, <laughs> Dave, stay away from my aunt. <laughs> I'm just saying. I saw her possibly. Take a lot of pills. And Wait a second. Hang on. Some vodka. I, I, I have an idea. Hey, guys. Why don't we go turn on White Christmas? Yeah. Danny K. Oh, that bastard. He never called me back. I did a huge favor hooking him up with Gene Kelly. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. I need to go take... I need to call that motherfucker. Wow. Oh, boy. Should somebody tell mm. her that Danny K died? And that he wasn't by? Mm. Whatever. Awkward. She'll figure it out. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas into all of you in this room. <gasps> well done! Somewhere in a coffee shop on the edge of town. Do you have any tools? Go fish, motherfucker! Damn it. I just wish that he wouldn't yell so much. This does not have to be such a stressful time, you know. Stressful? Try being chased by a motherfucking shark! Try being a thousand-year-old elf, you fool! Try making meatballs out of quinoa. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's quite a bit better. Hello, oh. chops. He sounds different. Oh, well, you know, bit of phlegm in the old throat a bit, yes. Oh, are you guys playing cards? Yes. Sort of. Well, can I play? Uh, we were just on our way to... Submitted for your approval by the Midnight Society, a.k.a. the Are You Afraid of the Dark musical, at the 55 and over retirement home down the street. So, yeah. Oh, I've been there! It's quite a good production. In fact, I wouldn't mind seeing it again myself. Um, good! Yes, don't you mind join me us. Joining you? Yes, oh, please, absolutely. I don't think there's a problem. Um, I don't think we have a ticket. Oh, that's fine. They'll know me at the door. Take a clue, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs>